You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it's everyone's favorite stinky little poop. Drew Gasparini here with another episode of Now We're Talking, the podcast breaking records for being really cool, okay? Probably because today's guest is so damn cool. By the time she was six, she was touring with Les Mis. By the time she was 16, she was starring in Spring Awakening on Broadway. And since then, she's been seen as Elphaba in Wicked, Natalie in Next to Normal, and currently, she's one of the stars of Good Trouble, which is now in its third season on Freeform. She's a TV star, people. Not only that, she's a righteous badass on every level. I've known her for a million years. I always love when I get a chance to talk to her. That's why I'm so happy she's on the podcast. Ladies, Ladies and gentlemen, now we're talking with Emma Hunton. Does it take you a long time to warm up? Because you do have one of those voices where it sounds like you just go, me, 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 and then, you, then you're done, and then you can sing. It depends on the show. Oh, it depends okay. on the show. Like Wicked, it was like, I, it took a long time to warm up because I was like expelling so much gas in the tank that like the yeah. recovery process was long, and I had to do a specific, like I knew if I couldn't do certain things in my warm up, I couldn't do the show that night. Emma, why are you talking to me like I haven't played Alphaba too? I've also I mean, done. I've played Alphaba. I know. I know this. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I know this. Uh, hi, babe. How are you? Hi, I'm so good. How are you? I'm like really. You're one of those people I get really excited to see. Kind of no me matter too. what. Me too. Me too. I just uh, beasted on the Peloton. Not to impress uh, you. I but. just bought a Peloton. Did you? The greatest investment you've ever made in your entire life. Yes, except it takes 9,000 years to get delivered. Yes, that is true. Like, I feel like they're blessing all of the parts individually. They have to. They have to be, they have to go through the eyes of the Pope. And then one by one, you'll start getting pieces. Like one this bolt so here, stupid. one screw here. <laughs> you'll never get the full bike, but you'll, you'll have to piece it together. And it's really a big metaphor for life. It's one sure. step at a time, babe. Sure, uh, sure. I mean, there's really no intro. We're just diving right in and we're just talking. I guess and, so. <laughs> and here's, here's, here's the intro. Here's the intro. Here we go. Ready? Emma <clears throat> Hunton, you've mm. done Broadway. You've done tours. You've done TV. You're currently playing, and I'm going to pronounce it with an accent, Doivia Moss on Good Trouble. That was Russian or Jamaican. I don't know. I don't think that was either. <laughs> That's Rush-making, Jerushian, on Good Trouble, which is now in its third season. So with all of that in mind, let's talk about what people really want to know. And that is the fact that you and I dated almost 11 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Is that nuts to you? 
That is so weird. Because like a decade goes by so fast, but this doesn't, it doesn't feel that long ago. It no, felt like not long ago at all. In, we've always been in each other's lives, I feel like. You yeah, know? we've stayed so in touch. We've been good at, at keeping the thumb on the pulse of each other's goings on. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like, I don't know. I, I think usually when people break up, they don't see each other ever. But we, you know, we're in each other's lives and in each other's circle and, and the same sort of work arena so it made sense that we were it's all accidental i think the last time i the last time i saw you in person i believe if i'm not mistaken was like on the streets of new york and i was literally running on my way to go on a date i was on my way do you remember this at all it was like i do it was like 30 (laughs) seconds and i was like oh my god emma like why are you even in new york i thought you were in la i yes i was like recording something i think i was recording the mad ones album Oh, yes, yes. And I ran into you on the street and I was like, how are you? And you were like, I'm awful. <laughs> yeah, it was low. It was low times for Drew. Whenever someone's like, on their way, okay. whenever someone's on their way to a Tinder date, you can just assume it's not going well for that person. Listen, right now. I'm I'm starting that all over again now, and it's a fucking nightmare. So I get it. It's tough, right? Dating is tough. It is. It is. I know. But you know, that's funny. How did we meet? Because that's what I don't remember. I remember precisely how we met. Oh, I love that we're talking about this. It makes me feel like a little boy. I'm like, I'm getting giddy having all. <laughs> these like young memories uh but i would say the t- the first time we met was okay track and there's youtube evidence of this night existing which is extra cool. i believe that i believe matt doyle. what it is i'll remember matt doyle had a concert at uh joe's pub and he and jen damiano sang a duet of, of a song I wrote called What Remains. And I That's just right. like approached you and was like, I have a show coming up at Joe's Pub or something, or I have a show coming up at, oh, at the Lori Beachman. And I'd love for you to be a part of it. And then we just started email corresponding and then fell madly in love. And the rest was history, obviously. Yeah. It was obviously. something like that. Something, it, was, so, <laughs> it was something like that. It was something like that. Uh, <laughs> Emma, I, what I want to really talk about is kind of, I think you're an amazing person. This is obviously fun for all the reasons that we're, we're being giddy about right now is that we actually know each other quite well because we did date and we yeah. are, we, we do continue to be really good friends, but you all before the age of 30, you have accomplished so much in your life as an artist and as a performer. And I feel like what people sleep on and what you probably don't talk about enough, and I, I feel like I just texted you about this not long ago, is that you're on top of your performance amazingness, you're such a badass songwriter. At least you were once upon a time, you would write these songs that were like angsty, sad boy songs. I love <laughs> them all so much, but you're so well-rounded. You've done so many amazing things. How oh, how did this become part of your life? I, I want to know the childhood. And I mean, I know bits and pieces, but I want everybody listening to get to know the road to how you got to be Dolvia Mos. <laughs> that's better. Is that better? It still I wasn't know. Jamaican or Russian. No, I think it was. Uh, I think either way, <laughs> I am offending some culture somewhere. That's all I know. Well, um, I poured myself an old fashioned for this. God damn it. I love it. And look at me. I'm just eating cheese whiz out of a can. Well, it is my day off. So it's my it's my one cocktail. So I think it I is my it. day off. So it's my day to start drinking at 10 in the morning. I'm kidding. It's, it's one in the 10 in the morning. Oh, my God. I'm just teasing. I'm teasing. I feel like there there might have been times in our life that we would have started drinking at 10 in the morning, though. There could have been moments in our life. I feel like we I don't know. We weren't really big brunch people. 
Not brunch people. You were not an early riser, as I recall. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. You were like a sleep until my body's good and ready to get out of bed kind of person. I feel like any time you wanted to go to breakfast, I was like, do they serve lunch? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know breakfast was a meal until about four years ago. No, I always thought yeah. it was dessert really early. Yeah, yeah early dessert. <laughs> That's what people refer to. <laughs> People who are not morning people call breakfast early dessert, which I think is hysterical. Uh, So yeah, Emma, tell us, tell us about you. You were young when you got started. I was young when I got started. I mean, I always wanted to be a performer and my mom was a child actress and it wasn't her choice. So um, she, when, of course, when I came out saying I wanted to be a performer, she was like, fuck no. Yeah. Um, and so I just always bugged her to be an actress. And I think it was second grade. Um, I was bullied a lot in second grade and I didn't have any friends. And my mom was like, well, let's put her in this. There was like flyers for a local community theater production of Annie. And she's like, well, she wants to be an actress. Let's see how much she likes being in the back. And maybe she'll make some friends. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I mean, it was like, you know, 250 kids and we all auditioned and, um, and they, the the director was a casting director, still is a casting director, Dan Cowan. And he uh, came up to me the next day and he said, do you want to do this for the rest of your life? And I said, yes, this is all I've ever wanted to do. I was six years old. Oh yes, this is all I've ever wanted to do. <laughs> this is all I've ever wanted to do at six years old. You've six had six seven. years to figure it I out. Yeah. I was young for second grade. So I think I was seven. So I, mm-hmm. I might have like just turned seven. Um, and I was like, yes, this is all I've ever wanted to do. Um, and, uh, and so he then asked my mom and he said, I asked Emma first because I want to, I like to make sure that, you know, the parents aren't forcing the kids into doing something they don't want to do. And it seems like she's really interested in doing this. And I'd love to set her up with, you know, a meeting with an agent and a manager. If, if you're okay with that, she's like, well, it's a good thing you asked her first. Cause if you asked me, I would have said no. Right. So, right. Like, yeah. Oh my God. My whole Smart career. Always, ask, always ask the six-year-old first. My entire life was based off of the decision of a six-year-old. Um, so after wow. that, I got, yeah, I got my first uh, agent and my very first audition was for Les Mis. And, um, and I went in for the audition at Debbie Reynolds Dance Studio. And I was the first kid in and I sang Castle on a Cloud and they went out to get my mom because they, you know, thought that I was really good. And they just went out there and said, is Erica here? And she came, I'll never forget this. She came in through the audition door and she looked down at me. She said, what did you do? Because she thought I pissed mm-hmm. them off. Like she, like she was being <laughs> called in. She's being called into the audition room. She's like, what did you do? Like you, you had one yeah, mission go in and sing like one verse in one chorus of the song. What? How did you manage to fuck that up in ten seconds? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. so they, yeah, they uh, gave her their card. It was like Cameron McIntosh. It was Jason Moore actually was the director at the time, and he gave my mom his card. No way. Said, yeah. So he's my first director. Wow. Yeah, and he gave my mom his card. And wow. Wait. So you were the me. first. You were the first kid in. You were the first kid in for this audition and they had solidified she she she's got the part. You were the first kid in on that day. Well, I think here's the thing specifically with Les Mis, but probably with any show that has children, there's a height limit and kids grow really fast and you can't Mm -hmm. you kind of always have to have like 10 kids in your in your bucket. Because I didn't get the job offer for six more months. And even when we got the call, it was how tall is she? 
You know, it's it's not just for kid actors. It's for adult composing people as well. And I, I remember I going in you. for, I wanted the job of Tootsie really bad. And they were like, no, you're one inch too short. We're looking for 5'10 or higher. Of course not. But what I like about this story, though, is that you walked in and they, they assessed your height. They assessed your talent, obviously. But then there's like a whole like slew of kids who just got a big fat no thank you that day, and it's all because of you. <laughs> Emma Hunt has been squashing the dreams of children since she was six years old. Stop! I mean, here's the thing. They probably, they probably contacted other girls from that, too, because they had, like, what, like, like several different productions at that point, you know? And, mm-hmm. like, and they... I mean, I could have grown... I was on that tour for a year and a half. It took me a year and a half to grow 60 inches, which... Which is not that tall, but you leave that tour thinking you're a giant because they measure you every week. Wow. And like, yeah, and like you wear like slouchy pants on the day that they measure you and you bend your knees and you like slouch. Oh, wow. Oh, my like, God. Yeah, like, I, these are, these, this is insane to like learn about the tricks yeah, and trade of being like, a child. And my, mom, and my mom would be like, stand up straight. I want to leave this goddamn tour. It's been almost two years. Well, I, are you like Paul McCartney then, basically, in the sense that you've been doing this shit, the whole like lugging your life around touring and being on stage and just like you've been so immersed in show business for so long. Are you going to be like Paul McCartney, 80 years old and still doing it, you think? Or are you looking for the day so. that you can slow down? No, I think so. I think I I think I don't know my life without performing. I think I'm only happy if I'm working in any capacity, yeah. whatever that is. Yeah. Um, I think when I don't have the inspiration, I, like I've always said, like, if this is all I can do. And yeah. fortunately, I can do it really well. But yes, like, if this doesn't work out, if this doesn't work out, I'm screwed. It's not like I can go knit professionally for the rest of my life because that's the only other fucking skill I have. Well, now, so, like, don't cut yourself short. I'm sure you could build a factory and, and do all the good things with your knitting skill set as well. But you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, I think, and that's why I think I am successful in what I do because yeah. I, there's no other option. Like, it, there is. I no- haven't known you to have a dip in your career at all. But would you say the experience on your end is different? I would absolutely say it's different. I mean, here's the thing. I look, it's hard to see in the moment when you're doing all the things, like all the great things that you're achieving. But I look back at my career and I say like, I've played every um, like major amazing role in like modern rock musical theater in the last 10 years. True that. Like, which is fucking awesome. But it's really hard to see that in the moment. But that being said, you know, like, I mean, you and I started dating uh, right before Next to Normal. But like- yeah. That was, I remember when I was, remember when I was auditioning for Next Normal, my mom was like, dude, you have no money left. Like you have got to, if you don't get this show, you've got to come home. Yeah. That spring and awakening like, bank account just dried up pretty just, quickly. Like, right up after like a year and a half. I mean, I was, I didn't have a job for a year and a half. Like yeah, I was doing yeah. like little readings and workshops here and there, but like I was still, you know, I was like 17 or 18. You know what I yeah, mean? I think when I met you. So yeah, I think it was. I, I'd had a lot of dips in like moments where I was unemployed, but this is always why I say to like any actors who are like, do you have any advice? I always say, say yes to everything. Is that because it could become an opportunity? No, I mean, yes, that's that there's always that, but I don't think that should ever be the goal. I mean, I think it's like, especially if you're like a young broke actor, it's an Mm -hmm. acting class. Yeah. 
Like, you know what I mean? It's a moment, it's a minute to like work on memorizing. It's a moment to work on, you know, I, someone like me who doesn't read music, it's a moment for me to go in there and work on my ear training. Yeah. You know, especially sure. when the stakes aren't as high or like if someone like if I'm broke and someone's like, I can't pay you money, but I'll pay for your Metro card and I'll give you 150 bucks Starbucks card. I'm like, great, I'll fucking do it because I can buy yeah. food at Starbucks. Uh-huh. That's exactly right. That's part of the hustle. That's I, you know what I tell people in master classes? It's it's learning how to be good at being broke. It's like yes. you it's like you have to under that's like a total skill set all by itself. And you it's, need to and have it's an understanding. Only of that. theater people or like actors really know how to to do that. Like yeah. theater people and actors are really the only people who understand and and unfortunately it ruins my patience with normal people in the re, in the real world because I'm like I have no no patience for people who are like, well, you know, I lost my job. I guess that's it. I'm like, well, then go go find another job and make it work. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. I was on Broadway and then I was babysitting and nannying kids and then like folding sweaters at the gap. Like you have to oh have like God. some fucking humility. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Bite but the bullet. But that's why people always, you'd think that I'm busy all the time because I always said yes to everything. It didn't matter what it was. It didn't matter how good or bad it was. I said yes to everything. And people are always like, you're always working. I'm like, I'm always working, but I'm not always making money. I want to talk about, uh, I don't want to compare you to others, but I'm about to compare you to others. Okay. Okay. So you've played Natalie in yes. Next to Normal on tour. And I want everyone to hear me when I say this. If you originated that role on Broadway, and I think I may have told you at some point, I may have said this to your face at some point, but if you had originated this role on Broadway, Alice Ripley wouldn't be having that, wouldn't have the Tony. I think that you would have gotten the Tony. Oh, bless your heart. I, I swear to God. I Like the way that you immersed yourself in that role was astonishing. You took the, the, what you were saying and what the message of that show was so seriously and so to heart. And I mean, like, that's how you approach everything. You're a really balls to the wall kind of actress and it's amazing to watch. Yeah. Uh, but you wouldn't necessarily think of people who have played the role of Natalie and say, you know, what's next for them? Alphaba. You, <laughs> But you do. This is why you're amazing. You literally can be placed in any sort of genre on stage or on film or whatever, and you will play the hell out of that role. You I'll will try. play the hell out of that role. <laughs> Thank but, you, but like, can you can you think of anybody who was who was Natalie who just went on to go play Elphaba? That's crazy to me. I think I'm you're, sure they're out there. I mean, here's the no, thing. That you're the only up. one. We've done research. I've looked into it. I've had my assistants do all the research. <laughs> you're the only one. I do no research for this show. Oh, tell Kelly and say hi. <laughs> I will. Thank you, mom. <laughs> my assistant. Um, no, <laughs> I, I'm just I'm just so bewildered by you as an actress. And go check out the bootlegs, everybody, of of Emma Hunt playing Natalie in Next to Normal. You will shit in your pants. It is such a good. Perform it's so good you'll shit in your pants. You know what's funny is I actually so I posted some videos from uh, Next to Normal like on TikTok because you know theater's down. I'm like I don't normally approve of bootlegs, but I'm like I've I also believe in still inspiring people with theater, sure. and if if that's how we have to kind of get the message across, then let's do it. Yeah, for now. Yeah. So I posted some videos from Next to Normal, um, and I just like looking back on it. I cringe so hard because I'm like, "You're overacting. You're trying so hard." But like, it's so? right for the character. It's right for the character. But I'm like, "Oh, if I could play that now, like the things Dude. I would do differently." I've, but I feel I like, felt like 
you nailed it in such a way that like I left the show being like, I feel like Natalie. Like she just spoke to me in my angst in such a way that I'm Natalie. Like you I made that, that part seem so, so uh, tangible and universal in a way that I had never experienced before. And I've always loved that show. I think Tom Kitt's a genius and I think the show's a genius. Oh, but man, yeah. I can't, I'm, I'm not even blowing smoke either. I just think you're so tremendous. Yeah, I'm always oh, wowed by, you. by everything Drew. you do. We well, should do listen. this podcast together more often because I feel amazing. Hashtag co-host. <laughs> Wouldn't that be silly? It's just you and I. The whole series is just you and I talking about like old memories of when we dated and when we were hanging out back in the day. And like, <laughs> it's really funny how nothing I was back then, like in terms of my career. I had such a blast. That's kind not of, true. I you was had just... fan art all over your walls. That's all. Oh, that's right. I had some <laughs> fan art that was put up on my wall. <laughs> this is embarrassing. No, uh, but it was. Cute. I felt like I was just getting my legs under me in the business when you and I started hanging out, and you had just so gone from I, Spring though. Awakening, but you had had a Broadway show, and in my mind, yeah. I was like, "Wow, she's really doing it." It was just really cool to kind of get introduced to some social aspects of the world, and like one night it'd be like you and I hanging out with much older people uh, in the business and having like, like a really drinking mature, scotch and like yeah, having. Yeah, like, like, a totally like cultured adults night. And then the next night we're having like a party at like Frankie James Grande's apartment and like 15 year old Ariana Grande's running around somewhere. (laughs) We were, I was just so all over the place and fun. Yeah. I mean, we we definitely, it's so, it sounds so corny now because people always say this, you know, when they start to get to our age, but like you really do wish you knew like when you were in the best times of your life that you knew that you were kind of in the best times. Uh, of your I life, agree with that. Especially with all the pandemic shit going on. Like we really didn't yeah. know what we had when we had the freedom to do those things and go out and, and, and big time and be adults one night and then be young enough to go out and do crazy shit and have a hangover the next day and, and be successful at our jobs. Yeah. I mean, those were really, we were really in, in our prime. Cheers. Cheers to you, babe. Uh, how are you with a hangover these days? I can't do it. I mean, that's why I don't really, I try not to drink too, too, too much at one time. That was three twos in front of much. I just want to clock that. I try not to drink too, 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 too much. <laughs> Listen, here's the thing. I have a very high tolerance and I don't drink that's like true. every day, but when I do drink, I like make up for last time. Oh, that's no, you and I are the same exact breed of animal here because I yeah. do the exact same way. And that's why I can't handle a hangover because it's always a hangover because it'll be like weeks and weeks without a drink and then I'll make up for all the lost time and And then I'm like wow I think my liver just fell out of my butthole here's the thing though I'm going to teach you a trick that is going to save your life you're never going to have another hangover again hit me hit me and this trick was told to me by oh my god I can't remember who told it to me you're about to make up a person. No, I'm not going to, but I will text you the name after okay. I remember you, it once, once okay. it's over. <laughs> okay. Eat a vitamin gummy bear. When you That's go to sleep. it? After you're done drinking, have one or two vitamin gummy bears. You will not have a hangover. That is, that's not it's, true. Is that true? It's true. It will save okay. your life. I, Here's listen, the thing. I only I'm, drink whiskey yeah. and wine and beer. Like I don't do, I can't do, I can't really <laughs> I love, handle. I love that. I can't handle well, other kind of alcohols. And I feel like those kinds of alcohols don't give you as bad a hangover. as like, That's because those are the only ones you're drinking. Whiskey gives me the worst hangover ever, ever, really? hands down. Yeah, oh, see, the liquid brown, it kills me. It turns me into a raging bitch. 
No, vodka, you know how sometimes they say like when you drink more, people become more attractive to you? I become more attractive when I drink vodka. Hey, it's me, Drew, the guy whose voice you never tire of hearing, interrupting to remind all you sexy buttheads to make sure to follow Emma on her socials. Find Emma Hunton on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Watch her in good trouble on Freeform. You can also hear Emma on the soundtracks of Freaky Friday and The Mad Ones and much more on Spotify. If you're looking for a throwback that makes you say, holy cow, then check out Emma and I singing Volcano on YouTube. We look like babies. It's adorable. Now back to some dumb questions with me and Emma Hunton. Emma, can I ask you a series of really stupid questions? Please do. Okay. I love doing this. This is my favorite thing to do on the podcast. I like knowing, first of all, I, well, we'll get back to it, but I really do love knowing uh, the in to this business because it's been, you know, you might've had these dips, but it has been this nonstop go since the age of six. You've really wanted this enough to the point that it's led you to Broadway touring and now a regular on a TV show that's on its third season. I'm just, I'm just so thrilled for you and it couldn't have happened to a cooler person in the entire world. So I just want to get that out of the way and say that now to stupid questions with Drew. Here we go. (laughs) Meaningless questions. And then we'll play a game called most impossible questions. Okay. Okay. I'm nervous. I'm excited. And nothing, nothing to be nervous about. First stupid question is what is something that annoys you? Um, I guess people, um, period people. That's it. I'm with you. No, I'm trying to figure out a way to phrase this. (laughs) Um, what annoys me is like, uh, people who keep explaining things like after I say, okay, yeah, 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 I got it. And then yeah. they'll keep like over explaining things. Yeah. Cause it, my biggest pet peeve is people treating me like I'm stupid. I see. So, so it's a derivative of like, it, you keep explaining something to me as if I don't understand it. I feel like John Mayer is the type of person to do that. I feel like John Mayer is the type <laughs> is the type of personality to continue explaining what he's saying as he you already understand. He mansplains to men. Yes, he's yes, exactly. He mansplains to other men. You know what my biggest like annoyance in life is? Tell me. The older I get, I have less and less patience for adults that are competitive with board games. Oh, I, I think you are going to like me less. I no, I can't do. I can't. Whenever someone's like, come on, we're doing a game night. I'm like, that sounds so fun and silly until Todd shows up. And then whoever the fuck Todd yeah, is. I'm that just, I'm, sucks. Todd comes and he's like pissed because he's not winning. Or if someone like got the rules wrong, you're like, that's not how you play. Go fish. Chill the fuck out, Todd. It's go yeah, fish. Fuck Todd. Fuck Todd. Todd Todd sucks. It's funny how seriously people take something called a game. I just think that's very silly. Anyway, okay. Are you ready for your next stupid question? Yes. Sorry. Yes. I've asked this to several people and I'm dying to know. You have just said you're only good at this one thing and also somewhat knitting. Uh, What is something you're just horrible at? Oh, God. Relationships? No. No. Once again, go listen to I Loved You Too Much. Written about- <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I disagree with that. I think you love really big and you love a lot. And that makes you oh, really good in relationships. Um, let's see. Something that I'm really bad at. Um, I'm really bad at like sticking to routine or like if I mm. like like my ADD is really bad. I, I'm better at acknowledging it. But if I say I'm in the mood to do something, if I don't do it right then and there and I'm like, no, it's OK, we'll do it tomorrow. We're not doing it tomorrow. 
Mm, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's an, are you are you good at were... talking yourself out of things because of that? Oh my god, my entire life, I, all I've been <laughs> like in third grade. In third grade, this is not to sidetrack too much, but I'm going to. In third Go grade, ahead. we got busted for. Um, well, three of my best friends got busted for bringing Lord of the Rings porn to school. Like they printed it out and were reading it at oh recess and got caught. And I was reading it with them, but they got caught with it the next day. And I happened to have an audition. So I wasn't at school. And like they all got in trouble and like got suspended for a day. And when I got brought in the day after I missed school, like they were like, we want to bring this up. Like this happened. We know Emma saw it. I was like, they just, they, they showed it to me and I don't, my virgin eyes. Oh my God. Did not get. I hope they're listening. Suspended. Sorry, Miss Guthrie. I hope those kids are listening. Oh my! They God. knew. All of them were like, "Fuck you, Emma. You wow, were the one that was. Wow. You were the one that was reading it out loud with a British accent." Dick move, Emma. <laughs> Big dick move. Um. So I think something I'm horrible at. I I I haven't tested this theory, but I think I would be really really horrible at training animals. Like not like you know training your dog to sit, but like actually being a trainer for animals to be on stage or something. I think I'd be horrible at that. Really? I mean, I yeah. guess I think like a lizard would make you flinch. That's you know what, what though? Do. Like you like you look like uh, an like an average Joe Chris Pratt. So you could do like. A parody of that with you as a horrible reptile trainer <laughs> looking you. like Chris Pratt. Did I ever tell you the time that I was walking through Times Square and this family came up to me? They came up they to me. You're Chris Pratt? They didn't they didn't say you are you Chris Pratt. They said, Has anyone ever told you you look like chubby Chris Pratt? What? You're skinny was, Chris Pratt. Well, that's nice. Of, that's kind. Whatever. I he's don't really like, care. He's beefy. Like you're like when I say average, I mean like you're like the every man's Chris Pratt. You know what I, I mean? Like for average, Pratt. I like that. Yeah, it's it's that's, way hotter. It's the reason he was cast in Guardians of the Galaxy, and I was cast in Guardians of the Cul-de-Sac because I'm average, and he's Guardians of the Cul-de-Sac. Yeah, that's a really okay. good dad joke for those paying attention at I home. I feel like you could have come up with better. I, I was it was on the fly. I'm trying my best here. Okay, are ready for a couple more dumb questions? I love doing yes. dumb questions, don't you? Yes, so I'm sorry. sorry. I keep like, giving you like long detractors. I love answers. it. No, it's great. This is your episode. All right. So, uh, do you have a household activity like a little chore that you love? For example, I really love doing the dishes. No one else likes that, but I love it. What do you? Is there anything like that that you love to do? Um, I really love like cleaning the couch, like shampooing the couch and like the rug. Wow. That's like hardcore. Yeah. It's really nice. You shampoo your couch? Like I have the, um, the green, the little green Bissell machine and it's like Mm. a tiny little thing. And like you, it's so nice. Is it like those, those videos where you can actually see like Like, the dirt being removed? It shoots out the stream and like, as you shoot out the juice, like it, like pulls it up with the brush and the vacuum so you see it go wow. into life. If someone oh, so started satisfying. this podcast right at as it shoots out the juice. It would be an it would be an e fucked episode. <laughs> I was just talking about efuck.com the other day and I was like, it's you never guess who showed me this website. <laughs> it was me. It was Emma Hunton. Um, Don't look, if you're under 18, do not look at that website, please. Yeah, you have to be 18 or older. But if you are younger than 18, just don't let your parents catch you looking at it. Um, (laughs) What is a, what's a household chore you hate? Doing the dishes. Wow. Or taking the trash out. 
See, why? I don't mind. That just seems like a a head clearer to me. It's only because I'm too short to lift the garbage lid. So like lifting up. (laughs) (laughs) I know. So I can't lift, like, I can't tell you how many times I've like lifted the box and tried to lift the lid and everything in the box is like toppled over on me. And like, there's been glass broken. I've had to like sign like a post-it being like, I'm so sorry. It was me. Apartment one. Wow. Wow. And is this currently where you live now in apartment one? Yes. And uh, can we get the full address, please? Absolutely not. Okay, great. Next stupid question. Uh, (laughs) Who is a celebrity that we can start, that you would love to start unnecessary beef with? Unnecessary beef with? I said Jonathan Groff in the episode I did with Lily Cooper. I said, I want to start beef with Jonathan Groff. I can't stand that he's so kind. I, I heard stand. that you, I heard you say that and I was like, he's the nicest person ever. Everybody said, I, you should see the amount of DMs I got when I put that clip up. They're like, why say, would you even start this? I'm like, well, I it's will just say, a joke. One of my favorite things my mom ever said though, because when I joined Spring Awakening, like my mom didn't get the hype of like- right. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like she was like, whatever. She didn't know who Jonathan Groff was. Like she was like, right. I don't care. She said he was the nicest person ever, but, and she's not wrong. She was like, yeah, he's really nice, but really close talker. <laughs> <laughs> he talks really close to your face. It's, like, it's just another reason to hate this guy. God no, damn it, no, Jonathan no. Groff. <laughs> oh God. Any, okay. I honestly truly can't think. I'm trying so hard to think of someone that just like really fucking rubs me the wrong way. Um, I don't know. Has anyone said anything stupid lately or done anything dumb that deserves like, I feel a like slap across the face? Constantly, we already mentioned John Mayer. I feel like he's constantly kind of walking yeah. that line of am I charming or am I a horrifying douchebag? And he continues to lean into the horrifying yeah. douchebag category. I guess maybe Tommy Lauren, but like, I would hate to call her a celebrity. No. Like, yeah. God. That would just make her feel better by calling her a celebrity. But you know I what? Know. Just She's because just you so said it. Tiny. And like, you know, you know that like I could fuck someone up in a fight. Like, you yeah, know. you could, you play dirty. You know, you play I could. Dirty. I play, I Absolutely. play dirty. You play I dirty. mean, that bitch would have no teeth. And so, you yeah, know what? I, her. Yeah. Her. That's it. That's exactly it. Uh, last question for you. And this is a very important one. Okay. Okay. And I don't want you to be like, well, I never do that. And if that's true, I just won't believe you. But here we go. Okay. Emma Hutton. Yes. You pick your nose. Do you grab a tissue? Do you wipe it somewhere? Or do you flick it willy-nilly? Grab a tissue. Really? Yeah. Especially, well, here's the thing. Like, you, I don't want to, like, flick it. Like, I'm thinking I'm constantly at, on set, like, at work. Yeah. And like yeah. With COVID and shit, like I don't. Oh, true. Yeah. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like in normal days, I still think I would. I mean, if I were outside, I'd probably flick it. You know what? If it was in my own home, I would grab a tissue. But if I'm in somebody else's house, I'm giving it a flick because they'll probably think it was them at some point if they find it later on. True, that's I'll, disgusting. I'll... <laughs> now you know. Don't invite me into your house. I'll be flicking like, boogers off. If I'm the kind of, if I'm the kind of person that only wipes my boogers on tissues, especially in my own home, that I'm going to know 
that you're the first, like, I will, even if I had a thousand yeah. people in my home over the course of an hour, I'd be like, that's Drew Gasparini's booger. I know it is. Yeah. If you find one booger, you'd be like, ah, Drew was here again. Uh, it, there's a, this is a true story. My brother, Danny, who is actually, who you, the funniest met, person and, alive. He is the most insane person. And, uh, I, at shows and stuff, I drop little stories and tidbits about him. And he's actually going to be the guest of the season finale of this podcast. But, oh, thank God. Uh, yeah. It's going to be a great episode. We already recorded it. It's so insane. Oh my but, God. <laughs> in the, in in my parents' house, he wiped a booger so high up somewhere that no one could get to it, and they had to paint over it. They <laughs> it cemented so hard onto the wall, they had to paint over it. My brother is an absolute monster. Oh my god! No, your Danny is the best Gasparini. Can I tell you the most tremendous Danny Gasparini story of all time? Oh my god! Please do. They're my okay. favorite stories. I don't know if I've told you this one before, but this is my favorite. So my parents were out visiting in New York and Casey and Chloe and I all lived in New York at the time. So my brother stayed in my parents' house and like watched the dog or whatever. You've told me this. This is the Obama thing? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> just for the, the listeners at home, this is the greatest thing in the world. And please tune into the season finale when you get to hear more stories from this clown. But my brother replaced every single picture of my sister Casey that was hung in the house with a appropriately sized picture of Barack Obama. So, <laughs> and it took my parents somewhere between three, like three and five weeks to like realize that Casey's pictures have all been replaced by the 44th president of the United States. That's so funny. And for those who don't know, Drew has the best parents on the planet, like oh, the best really parents sweet. on the planet. They are really just sweet. the funnest, nicest, kindest, funniest people ever. And they adore you ever so oh, much. Send them my love. Of course I will. Uh, Emma, we only have a couple more minutes left on this podcast. And Let's I want to end with a game called Most Impossible Question. Oh, so I have three most impossible questions for you. And it's very hard it to me. find the answer. Okay. I tortured Rob McClure with this. I'm going to torture you with this as well. I love him. I do too. He was a joy to talk to. Okay, are you ready? Here we go. Sure. Most impossible questions. Emma Hunton, if you had to pick one actor to never have existed, who would it be out of these three? Robin Williams, Tom Hanks, Philip Seymour Hoffman. No. (laughs) I love playing this game. (laughs) No one. No, everybody responds this way. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, but you have to. I'm crying. I know it's really devastating. It's true. It's really tough. Oh. Okay. You have to. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you signed up to do this for free and take an hour of your day to cry with me with <laughs> over a podcast. You know, I can't spend it. I can't think of any other way I'd rather spend my time, Drew. Absolutely. I guess I'm going to, this hurts so hard to say. I'm going to go with um, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Okay. You heard it here first, folks. Emma Hunton hates Philip Seymour (laughs) (laughs) You know what's funny? I remember where I was when he died. I was in tech for Witness Uganda. Wow. Diane Paulus came out and she said, Philip Seymour Hoffman died. And I said, like, Philip Seymour Hoffman? Yes. Oh, man. It was right when he was doing Broadway, wasn't it? Wasn't he just having finished a a show? 
he just finished a show and he had just relapsed. And I was like, how did he die? And then she said heroin overdose. And I was like, that Horrible. shook me. That shook oh, me. It's so, so sad. Yeah, so sad. Uh, anyway, isn't this a fun game? Here's the next impossible. Qu- Here's the next impossible question. Here we go. <clears throat> Emma Hunton. If you had to pick one character from musical theater canon to never have been written, would it be Ilsa from Spring Awakening, Elphaba from Wicked, or Natalie from Next to Normal. That sucks. Yes, it does, but you have to answer. Ha, 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 ha. Um, I'm going to go with, and I want to explain my answer. Yes, please do. I'm going to go with Ilsa. Okay. Only because... Because of the haircut they gave you. Absolutely. That's it. <laughs> Turtle cut. Is that really why? No. No, not at all. Only because I'm thinking from like a, a storyteller standpoint, like, okay, we'd mm-hmm. want to hear Alphaba's story. We we definitely need to hear Natalie's story. Mm-hmm. And in terms of like telling Ilsa's story, which is like being a survivor of like incest and sexual assault, there's another story in Spring Awakening that also tells that, which is Marta. So we're not losing Marta. anything story-wise. Wow. If we lose this, it's almost as if you have thought about this exact question. <laughs> like I that answer was so good. That was such <laughs> a well thought out answer. Uh, oh my God. Thank and you. just because just because we brought it up, everybody, if you've forgotten the ver- the infamous haircut, please go look at pictures <laughs> of Emma Hunton. <laughs> I have to send you a picture of the very first picture. Like the day I got my haircut, you could tell I've been crying. There's like tears on my bottom lashes. My bangs are crooked. Oh, man. Because you were just, I mean, like those, everybody in that cast was kind of stuck with a goofy head for a while. Yeah. Well, I had longer hair and they were going to put hair extensions in my hair because Lauren Pritchard had long hair. Right. And then at intermission of my put in, Michael Mayer came backstage. He said, we have 10 minutes to cut all your hair off. I want you to look like Louise Brooks. So they cut all of my hair off in 10 minutes. And I was just like, okay. So I did the second act with a brand new, he just said, I reminded him of Louise Brooks. And I reminded him of this like old Hollywood, like this girl trying to like be this boho star. And I was like, all right, let's do it. Like I was 16. What was I going to say? No. Well, (laughs) yeah, no. I mean, what can you say? But that was. What a look. It was it was not the best. There's only one person on earth who could rock that haircut, and it's Emma Hunt. And it's Louise Brooks. (laughs) Uh, okay, here's your last impossible question. And maybe this one's not so impossible, but I like to I gauge a lot about people's personalities with questions like this. So here it is. Okay. Would you rather? It's a would you rather question. Would you rather be able to live out all of your dreams but be hated by everybody? Or never get to live out one of your dreams, but be loved by anyone you meet. Live out my dreams and be hated by everybody. It's 2021, bitch. If you don't have a hater, borrow one of mine. That, hey! <laughs> that was the answer of the century. I, I don't do shit to please other people. I do it to please me. I love that so much. Emma, while you're taking your, your last few sips of your brown drink there... Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna say goodbye. I just want to say that over the decade plus that I've known you, you've been such an important fixture in my life. I love that we've never lost touch. I love that we continue to be friends. And, uh, I know, and, and I can certainly edit this part out if you want me to not even mention it, but I just want to say that your mom, wherever she is right now, because she passed is definitely so fucking proud of you. 
and everything that you continue to do oh. uh, is inspired I by love her. You, you don't and have to edit this out. I because uh, I knew your I knew your mom and I loved her very much. I thought she was the sweetest in the entire. My world. mom loved you so much. I think my mom. Out of all of my partners in my life, my mom was always like, "You fucked up with Drew." I always no. <laughs> Drew was the best. Ah. I like you were the only you were the only boyfriend she ever liked. So well, I will give you that was a it was a very hard thing to please Erica, and you did. So I'm I give that to you. That. Well, we love her, and uh, may she rest in peace. And may you also just continue to kick ass. Everyone, tune into season three of of Good Trouble. Emma's on there, rocking it as. Oh, God. Am I getting closer to something? What accent am I trying to pull I, you're off? You're somewhere between like British, New Zealand, and Australia, but I'm not okay. confident in which. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, what a good time we were having on this podcast. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. Now we're talking as a proud member of the Broadway Podcast Network. You can find out more about me and this podcast at bpn.fm slash now we're talking. Yeah, yeah. Get it going. Bow, chicka, bow, bow. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at Drew Gasparini. Uh, special thanks to Emma Hunton. I can't speak. Uh, our guest, she's the best. And all of you listeners for listening, I love you. I can't even tell you how much I love you. Make sure to subscribe and rate this podcast wherever you stream your podcast and keep tuning in for more amazing guests. Anyway, now I'm just killing time till the song's done. All right, bye, everybody. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.